it was weird. It was like, I'm used to just seeing you in the screen so often. And then I see you in real life and I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. Hey, what's up, man? You're 3d. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you have like a, there's things below your torso. That's right. You can <laughs> right. walk around. That's nuts. Um, all right, buddy. You want to clap it off? You want to get in this? Yeah. Let's do all it. Right, let's do it. Okay. But yeah. Ready? One, two, three. Welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome and brand Anna sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 160 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brand Anna. With me, as always, my vacation bro, most awesome. Oh, that's right. We do. We, we on the pre-record, we got all the vacation schism out we got all the little details out we did now you're bored they'll just have to like sit there we can't say this like um so we we almost we ran into the opportunity to almost do a fourth podcast in the same room together yes i think um you know i think sometimes you just value real life time together so much that you're just like you know what we know this podcast we know this old song and dance we'll do it via zoom it'll it'll have this moment when it's supposed to don't even worry about it exactly too and we were like trying to figure it out it's like are we gonna have to go in two separate rooms to do this anyways <laughs> no, it's true. yeah we didn't have the microphone so it's just like great yeah. we'll do this live together so anyway you go downstairs uh i'll be upstairs and then we'll right, do right. over zoom per normal right, right, uh, you right, guys right. get settled back in already we did yeah kids got settled in you know they uh they had a great time they love seeing everybody it was really it was really really fun so uh and usually we get like the post vacation blues yeah I think I can't hear them upstairs. So hopefully we've avoided that. We'll probably get it. Like it, it'll be like a slow release. It'll be like on Tuesday. We'll get it. And they'll be like, I can't sleep. Cause I miss my friends. Oh, it's like, yeah. you just don't want to go to bed. Do they get pretty, but that's, uh, pretty zonked out too. Is like, cause I know like, like you talked about, we talked about in MAMA parenting tips about like just set schedules. So there's like vacations kind of throw it off a little bit. It takes a few days to kind of get back into the groove. Yeah. Especially when everyone's like on a, earlier time zone like the kids are so like you know the madigan's kids are used to staying up a later obviously than my kids are just because of the virtue of the time difference like they're it's an hour earlier for them so it's yeah. easier for them to stay up so you know that does play into a little effect but then it's just also too like going ham in the pool all day yeah. you know coming in and then just eating whatever you want just run you know having free run of the house um that definitely kind of like messes you up a little bit but they're getting you know they're a little bit older so it's not terrible and and Kimis jr were able to keep like a relatively decent schedule around you know his his time i mean he not he zonked out on the flight like it was great he just passed out again my like hooded sweatshirt curled up in a little ball in the seat and and passed out well we will prove by example this time to get back to work because we're doing that in our yes, sir. world, bro. Episode 160. Uh, guys, we got a jam-packed episode. We're doing ripping the headlines. We're going to hit NFL free agency. Uh, we're going to do an MAMA parenting tip. We're talking, what are you going to do late night if you're on duty for those early mornings? You hear about that. <laughs> uh, we'll hit that segment that we introduced last week. You hear about this? You hear about, you hear about this? this? Yeah, the Yahoo headlines rapid fire. We're going to do a Neapolitan showdown, top video games, and we're going to do a little uh, Brandon to gambling corner. We're talking about the odds to win the NCAA Men's Championship since we're going with that. And then we're going to finish as we always do with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're our power. It starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. 
Hi, bro. Um, ripped. NFL free agency. Why are we talking about that this week, brother? Because, uh, you know, the under, like, underreport. I should say underreported. But we had NFL free agency kind of really kick off. We had the moratorium where people were talking about things. Now they're actually coming to fruition. We're seeing some interesting moves by some teams that we were not expected to make moves and some other teams that we, you know, kind of anticipated would make in big splashes here with all that luxurious cap money that they want to make a, you know, a, 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 a free agent splash. Okay. So this is a little different and this always segment works out really well. Um, and I mean that in all sincerity, since you do kind of have your, at least your finger on the pulse, you get how all that kind of like salary cap stuff works. And I know mm-hmm. we're hearing about people restructuring. This is kind of a different year, right? Cause it's the first time in like, history of the league or at least like the modern era that the salary cap is going to go down for all these teams it's basically yeah yeah revenue share and everything and just because of like covid and not having like uh, from last year like the the sales for like all the stadiums stuff like that for sure yeah yeah every you know every year the salary cap is is based on a percentage of the total revenue and that revenue breaks down to you know obviously tv deals tv deals are a huge part of it um, but obviously like all the gate sales and and teams you know report their earnings and things like that and when you don't have when you have an entire season without fans and concessions and all that other stuff yeah the revenue is going to dip and so teams were worried about how far it was going to go i believe it was like 183 or 185 drink everybody um but it 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 came down i think about like 11 ish million dollars so the teams like that were in good good position and had lots of cap space regardless you know the patriots uh the 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 jacksonville jaguars the washington football team like those teams they had money to spend that didn't hurt them but teams like uh, and you talked about restructuring like the uh the worst of them all which was the saints eagles those teams it's like well now the, the squeeze got even tighter because now I have $11 million less to spend, which is uh, not an insignificant amount in real life or in NFL football. Um, a suggestion on macro before we dive into kind of the specific storylines coming out of each franchise. NFL free agency, is it is it always like a little bit like overhyped and a letdown? Is it exciting as it should be? Or are we just used to, I mean, there's just bigger teams and we don't see as much as, you know, not that there's not player empowerment, but in the NBA, mm-hmm. like that NBA kind of dominates just kind of free agency talk when you rank them just because like these guys are controlling their career and willing to move and kind of like start new shops. And we do, it just doesn't seem like there's the big players. You have to be kind of, you know, that, that higher tier NFL follower to really kind of see what's, what's moving around and what's shaking. Yeah. I would see the, the NFL fans with like deeper knowledge of like, you know, offensive line movement or, you know, rotation players that now are going to get a little bit of a bump up and go play for a different system. Yeah, it's definitely a harder follow. Uh, and plus two, it's not as, you know, with the, and we've seen it a lot with like NFL free agency. And we talked about, you know, the fo- football team, you know, Dan Snyder paying Albert Hainsworth and these big, huge moves and kind of trying to build like these super teams. And then, you know, then preseason hits and it's like, oh, this isn't what we thought it was going to be. So it's not, as easy as you know in the nba like that's foolproof kind of, of the nba that if you get like yeah. 20 player like you're already you know at least in the talk to make the postseason exactly right yeah and and it's just it, there's a lot that goes into it and there's a lot of moving pieces so um i i find it fascinating from this year is fascinating from a perspective of 
like the player empowerment, but in a different sort of way is where players are definitely like taking short ordeals or one-year deals and like a bet on themselves for hopefully, you know, a, a, a COVID free next season and revenues coming back to normal, a big, a big then jump in salary cap and then being able to hit the market when, um, you know, when there's going to be a surplus, every team is going to have a surplus of, of cap space potentially. So would you say that's almost a strategy we're seeing from a lot of these guys that maybe aren't as old, like just trying to yes. just kind of like tread water this year, just get a check, but kind of just re-hit the market with that freedom when hopefully the money's back? Yeah, I think I think the player in you know the the player that jumps to mind in that in in the most sense of it is is uh, Juju uh, Schuster Smith from Pittsburgh took a one year deal like eight million dollars with like a couple extra in in incentives didn't had more money with the Ravens and I think equal money with the Chiefs um, and a lot of people are going oh well this is you know why wouldn't you go to you know he didn't want to play again with the Ravens I understand that a divisional rival and. Maybe there's bad blood between there. And a lot of people are going, oh, it's dummy. Why shouldn't you go play for the Chiefs? I mean, you've got Patrick Mahomes. It's dumb. And I think this is where that, like, building a super team uh, and already having, like, Kelsey and Hill, it's like, well, I, would I rather be the number third guy and be like Sammy Watkins and maybe not have, you know, the production numbers-wise I'm looking for to generate the big salary? Or can I go to a system that I know? Uh, and yes, even Big Ben is failing and old, but I all the variables I, I know in this equation uh, versus going to a new situation and not knowing clearly what my role would be in it. So I think there's value in the intangible in that. And I see that I see that as like a clear move is what he's trying to do. So would you say that he's it's not even that he's like anti going to the Chiefs? Like this is more of he's still this is still an audition this year for that big contract. So he's going to do this one year in a system he knows where he knows he's going to be the number one, wait till there's more money back in the salary cap, and then maybe make a Kansas city move for like a four or five year for like the right amount of money. Yeah. Or at that point it could be like, well, you know, whatever team, you know what I mean? Whatever team has the most money available. It's like, maybe I go to the Colts, you yeah. know, maybe they're going to roll up four for 80 million. Uh, you know what I mean? And, and, and 60%, you know, 60 million of that is guaranteed. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, that's like, oh, okay. Now that's, that's, you know, and I, and I see guys, you know, historically not doing that in the NFL because they want to lock up that money as much as possible. We've seen a couple one year deals where guys are taking a little less money or a little less security and saying, fuck it, we'll wait to next year. And most of them have been the 20 like five to 27 year age range where they feel pretty confident that they're not going to be over the hill and there's still a somebody will still invest a big payday on them yeah because the young man's game right because it's just yeah yeah i think if you're by the time you get like a little older like maybe you don't want to be like a 32 year old receiver and taking one year deal like just right at that point it's just like yeah if i get four years uh, okay before we get to the uh before we get to the positive, because I want to ask about that, let's just wrap up the Saints talk real fast. Obviously, Drew Brees retired. Yeah. Uh, what's going on with this Taysom Hill contract? Is this another thing like we saw with the Minnesota Vikings with Donovan McNabb? Like it's a huge number on paper, but there's no way he's going to clear these numbers. Or is like Sean Payton really like Taysom Hill is the future of this franchise? Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think you're right. I think it's like the unguaranteed money of the contract is really what it is you know what i mean it's like 
uh, what is it? Four years for 140 million. Um, but if you look at the specifics, I'm trying to pull up all the details as we talk about, just so I have it clear. Yeah, um, but it's, what? is this the right one? This can't be the right one. Uh-oh, people hate it when we Google. Oh, yeah, this is good. <laughs> good podcast. Oh, man. Um, it be worth it to see the details. I just thought I remembered, and I'll... Uh, yeah, a signing, bonus, a signing bonus of 9.7. I went to uh, over the cap, but uh, maybe it hasn't actually been inked, and that's why it's not there. Uh, 9.7 million signing bonus, a 1.44 million guaranteed roster bonus, and a 1.3 million base salary plus incentives. Um, so yeah, I mean, looking at the details of it, it's really like the, the unguaranteed money of it. It seems like there's an out here. Yeah, it, it moves. It saves them nine million dollars in cash space for 2021 and moves it, you know, to 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 another area. So it's really, you know, if it all works out, it would be great. But it's one of those things where it gives them a lot of flexibility to to not to not do it. And then they they also backed it up with Jameis signing a one year for five point five million dollar deal that has a max value of $12.5 million with incentives. So they're doing a lot of things where it's like they're hanging these incentives and roster bonuses and different things to get it away from actual salary so that they don't have to count it on the books. And if it doesn't happen, then they don't have, they're not on it for it. And it's the, the, you know, the same old, same old with NFL players. It's like, well, I want the splash of the newspaper headline. I want, I got four for a buck 40. Um, but it's really not that on paper. Yeah, which is good. And it kind of makes sense. Uh, you know, the Saints are doing what they have to do. Again, like I'm not trying to, you don't have to take a shot every time I say this. So I'm not trying to like beat a dead horse with the, uh, you know, player empowerment or whatever. But this is definitely a situation where the Saints like have all the leverage here. It's got Taysom Hill, who's kind of like unproven. And like, I don't think the market would have, even have to be insane for him. Like, and I'm sure he would want to be a Saint if they would have it. And then Jameis Winston, who's already, you know, uh, questionable on his decision making. So it's not like the market on him is huge either. So it could be like just kind of a really fun year to watch them with this two horse race of who's going to be this new starting quarterback and take over for the void left by Drew Brees. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, you know, in a position where, you know, you, you don't know what the QB market's going to be like. You, you obviously you can't go after somebody and you're not in a position to try and develop somebody through the draft. That's like, well, let's hold on to the entities that we know. Clearly they signed Jameis for a reason and they love Taysom Hill for certain things that he can do. So maybe they can patch work together quarterback play for the season and still extend that window. Sure. Uh, yeah. Worst case scenario, they'll be one or two seeds in the playoffs and still losing the first round. Oh, <laughs> too soon. Very safe. Burn. Very saints of them. All right, let's talk about uh, kind of a team that had a little bit of mission accomplished, and that's everything's breaking the right way. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it came out pretty early that they got their guys and kind of rearranged everything a little bit like the Chiefs did last year to kind of keep that core group together. Is that right? Yeah, you know, obviously they, they franchise uh, Chris Godwin, who that was a big decision that they're going to have to make on it. Is, is, Godwin, uh, is Godwin upset with this, or is he uh, like a team player just – to find a way for him to stick around that squad. Uh, I think it's, again, it's also one of those things. I think it's less, you're less upset because your franchise tag, you're what and paid in the top five at, you know, average at your position. So it's a step up pay grade for him. So he's getting a, a big chunk. It's a one year deal, but again, it's like, yeah. what, what's that? 
He's a younger dude also, so it's bad. He's yeah. a younger dude. Yeah, exactly. He was in his f- fifth or sixth year, so it's like, all right, let's let's get this in here. And, uh, you know, there's always room for next year too. And maybe they run it back and win another Super Bowl and he can cash out and, and you know, basically retire with whatever deal he signs. Gronkowski signs another one-year deal for $8 million. They brought back Levante David uh, for two years for $25 million, and then Shaq Barrett. Uh, the defensive end who who definitely wrecked havoc in the uh, in the Super Bowl. I think it was four for sixty eight. I think about half of that or so was was guaranteed. So that's a good payday for them. So yeah, they're really trying to keep it you know as close to it as as possible. And they had a great draft last year. Um, you know they had the worst the tackle and uh, this the the defensive back, um, the one who gave deuces to uh, to. Uh, <laughs> Taysom Hill, yeah, that guy. Uh, he was great, and uh, they brought him back. Or obviously, they didn't bring him back, but they did well drafting. So hopefully, they've got you know some other young talent in the in the wings as well too for this draft. So let's do our Grim Reaper watch. So uh, does this mean that Tom Brady is going to take a snap at forty four years of age next year? Is that going to happen if he finishes the season? Uh, I I mean I I don't why why would we doubt this even. Well, go back to go back to sleep, Grim Reaper. It ain't over yet. <laughs> Grim Reaper. Grim Reaper's been hanging around since Tom Brady turned like thirty-eight, and he's just like, he's like, what's up? I got other shit to do. What's yeah, up? Yeah, yeah. Do I have time to get some lunch, or what are we doing here? It's only one of me, guys. Uh, okay, then it'll be. Let's do the opposite side of that coin now, uh, which you know, two years later, we would have to say would be the New England Patriots. Uh, so Patriots kind of look like I think going into this. No one really knew what was going on. It, it even like had hints that it could be like a rebuilding year, even though it kind of looks like that. Like they got the, and again, like I think someone pointed this out too. Like the Patriots, uh, this is not my point. I think it's Colin Cowherd or someone else said it, but it was the Buccaneers' success made the Patriots season look a lot shittier than it was. Granted, Cam Newton had his yeah. problems. I mean, they still finished yeah. like seven to nine, which isn't insane after you lose like your franchise quarterback. Uh, but they say, made some moves that made it look like they want to compete this year. Is that true? Or by them re-signing Cam Newton, are they just trying to tread water? I know. I, I mean, they, they definitely made some moves where I think that they, they look to the address some of the – what's that? The tight, tight ends, yeah. But they also got back Trent Brown, who they had before, uh, who they liked. Uh, they re-signed David Andrews uh, or come, or they brought back David Andrews to center, re-signed. Ted Karras. I mean, they, they brought some offensive line back in and then got Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, two tight ends where they really backed up the Brinks truck for uh, three, four, $37.5 million for Hunter Henry, who they like to, we talked about on this pad in last year's free agency is a, is a, is an area that they would look at for a tight end, uh, you know, in the upcoming season, Johnny Smith, uh, four for 500 million. Um, and then they brought in Nelson Aguilar, who after, you know, got, you know, the boot out of, uh, Philly actually had a pretty decent season for the Raiders. Yeah. And then, you know, signed, like you said, signed Cam Newton. Uh, so we'll jump into this. I, w- I want to cover some, we'll, we're going to rapid fire some of these, uh, wide receivers right now. So I just want to, okay. I want to let you tell me if they're still players or if they're washed up. And then I want to jump in. I want you to chew on this right now because I'm throwing a curveball. But what's the biggest free agency pickup that, you know, 
NFL fans that are just reading the headlines aren't going to realize like how powerful a move that was. You know, I'm talking like Ooh. offensive line or something like that. Give us like a couple of those that are just like, these are mover and shakers. These work in the system and you guys might overlook this, but uh, while you're chewing on that, let's rapid fire the wide receivers. Uh, AJ green. Uh, he signs one year in Arizona. Is that right? Yes, correct. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say AJ green is, is washed up. Um, we didn't really see him at all in or hardly at all make any plays. And I know he had a rookie wa- uh, quarterback, but I think he's going to be washed. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if oh God, who's who's the receiver in Arizona. I'm blanking right now. Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, it's Larry Fitz. Isn't there like a speed? They don't like a little speedster. Oh, you got Christian Kirk and Kirk. I don't know. Was it Kirk? Yeah, it was right. Yeah, it'll just be it'll be interesting to see how he fits in with uh, yeah Murray there if he's because he's like to me at this level he has to be very much of a a possession receiver also which kind of seems like a double down on what you get in Fitzgerald who's no spring chicken himself right yeah it's definitely like a a a red zone threat you know what I mean and he can go up and go for jump balls but I'm I'm not seeing too much other than that yeah it's kind of amazing how fast these like uh these wide receivers that you know like where elite like they disappear really quick I'd almost say quicker than like running backs because it's like you know, the same thing kind of happened to Des Bryant, right? It was like Des Bryant's like, you know, like yeah. he's won, like was that pass complete short of getting, you know, the Cowboys in the NFC championship. And then all of a sudden it's just like, he's played like 40% of the snaps. This is like, what, what happened? Like big idiot. <laughs> right. right. Uh, all right. Um, Deshaun Jackson to the Rams. Oh, he's washed. He played, he was terrible with, with the Eagles in his return back. Uh, yeah. I don't think he, I, I mean, he brings speed, to the Rams. So, you know, they have a pretty good core. So it's like, a, you know, bringing back the, the, the Brandon cooks from a few years back kind of position, positional player. Um, but I don't necessarily know. I mean, he played like four games for them. Right. I mean, it was, yeah, I, think, like, I guess, like, I guess we just get so used to these names. We're just like, Oh, like, we're just like, Oh, this could, yeah. and then it just happens. And it's just like, okay, well it's, it's, probably a situation where they're just taking a flyer on a guy right they're just like all right right like we have him here if they might be able to fill uh all right uh and then kenny galladay to the giant is it giant yeah talk about it this one stings a little bit i thought that the the lions would have made a bigger play for that because now they really don't have any sort of wide receiving core and if you look at like the stats where he was on the field versus off uh you know it's it's not great so now here's the here's the downside. It's now he's going to a new New York Giants where it's like, all right, so is Daniel Jones going to be the guy? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, is he going to be this dude for us? Uh, I I you know, I I think I'd rather. I don't know. Would you rather have Daniel Jones or Jared Goff? I think obviously I think you either at least have Jared Goff. I feel like he's a competent starting quarterback. Where the the book is still out on on Daniel Jones. Yeah, it's right. like maybe maybe he could be. You know, could he be, you know, Trubisky esque after this year? Is he going to be a backup somewhere else? Yeah, I guess that's a good point, though. But we've got to look at the team, right? And I'm not like, I'm not trying to shit on the Lions, but I mean, if you just yeah. look at whatever ineptitude, you have to imagine that you took, uh, no matter how sizable you want to say, you took some sort of step back at the quarterback position on a team that yeah. already had problems with weapons. I don't know. I, I could see, like, I get to live in New York and then I get to kind of toss the dice with this younger team that's like up and coming that, that could be exciting to be a part of especially like if danny jones does hit you know like if he's able to like come into his third year and we see at least if he's able to hang in like top 12 quarterbacks and then like let saquon barkley take majority of the carries too that could be could be a fun offense i know uh, i was a little higher on it than you were last year but um 
if we see Danny Dimes. But Danny, didn't he lead the league in like interceptions or interceptions percentage or something? Who is this? Oh, Daniel Jones. Yeah, Daniel Jones. Yeah, I, I know there was. Yeah, yeah. About. Go ahead. yeah, no, yeah. He he didn't have a great year. I mean, I I think it's the 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 quintessential like moment for him was the wide open ADR scamper, oh God, just fell and he just tripped over his own feet <laughs> and fell down. It's terrible. Yeah. And it, well, I mean, it's definitely, it's a winnable division. Although, you know, depending on how Dax Healy and everything points to that, he's healing pretty well. I, I mean, you got to think the Cowboys have a bounce back year and last year was kind of just like a fluke. Hopefully we can get their shit together. Yeah. Yeah. The Redskins won that. The Redskins, Washington football team. Sorry. There you go. They That's right. Won that division last year. How crazy is that? It is crazy. Like I was walking around, and they, and I couldn't remember. I was just like, "Who was it?" And then I had to go. I was like, "All right, try to remember all the road playoff teams." And I couldn't get it there because you had to correct me. Also, that one time it was just like the Washington football team hosted a playoff game last year. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. They hosted Tampa Bay. They did. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like here's your win to the Super Bowl. Make it as easy as possible this first round. Yeah. Um, all right, buddy. Uh, before we jump out of this segment, uh. Give me some of these. Give me some of these, like, um, kind of your average football fan is not going to realize how big of a move this was for a team getting this free agent. Yeah, uh, I will go with, uh, first, I really like the uh, Riley Reef signing with the Bengals. The Bengals had an abysmal season offensive line-wise, and all, all, although it's just like a one-year short-term deal, and he's a little on the older side, um, we saw us Trent Williams of the San Francisco 49ers get a huge payday. And this is like a one-year rental on Riley Reef, where, you know, he played well for the Vikings last year. He was a former Lions player and with a rookie quarterback coming off a knee injury where he just got the shit kicked out of him all year. Um, like, I think that that is a, is a really like solid underrated movie and, and Vikings or uh, excuse me, Bengals fans should be excited because they now can get some pieces in place. And maybe that means they, they draft Sewell, uh, the rookie out of Oregon. And now they have two bookend tackles here to really kind of develop and, and, uh, and, and, and protect their, their franchise quarterback. Perfect, bro. Uh, one last thing, since you brought up Vikings, sort of, you accidentally yes. said Vikings earlier. I did. I did. I did. Thanks bro. Patrick yeah. Peterson. Uh, the Vikings kind of wasted money right here. We a little desperate. Just oh, no, this is this is a, no. I think this is actually a really good. One year, ten billion bucks. He's only thirty, which is weird because you think about him. He's you feel like he's been in the league for thirty five years. Yeah, but no, but no, he's. I think he's like thirty or thirty one. I think he's still got a little, you know, gas in the tank. And I think it's good to mentor some of those rookie, you know, Gladdy and a couple other, you know, because he moved on from, you know, Rhodes and those guys. So it's like, all right, well, let's bring in like a consummate professional, uh, you know, one year, $10 million and kind of coach up our young, our young DBs. I think it's a solid move. I, I, I like it. I'm, I'm, and for a year for 10 million bucks, it's like, I did, you know, I don't think he fell off completely last year. I, I think he was an above average starter. Let's hang up those INTs on Aaron Rodgers, right, baby? Yeah, relax. Um, all right, I got one quick inbox I'm gonna hit you with before we get into the MAMA parenting tip. Mm. Came up last night during the hangout. Yeah. So right here, this is from uh be from Trent, friend of the pod. He's been on here a few times. Talking like I uh, just kind of brought up this scenario. If LeBron James was on one of these NCAA teams, ooh, like this, that's right. Yeah, I wanted you to dive into this because you had you had yeah. thoughts, you had some takes, and um, 
So let's say right now, like you put them on Norfolk, Norfolk State, like that 16 seed versus Gonzaga. Norfolk, do they compete in that game? Can they beat Gonzaga? And if they can't, like what seed can you start plugging in LeBron James where the other team just kind of can't help them any rolls to the turn? Yeah, I mean, this is this is a this is a great question. I think because you know it has to be. I mean, he could. We've seen guys go off. So if he's LeBron today and just dominant and can play forty minutes, I think he becomes a wrecking ball for <laughs> Norfolk. It's just a matter of like, can they defensively stop him? I mean, he's dragged bad teams to the finals here, so. You know, if we were just to slug him in there and and just put him on the team like right before the start of it, like I don't think it would be as effective as if if he was playing with him like all season, because like, then he knows like what I need to do. LeBron takes a year off from the Lakers just to really train with Norfolk State, just to get their chemistry down. Yeah, I, that'd be, this would be great if it's like, well, I I guess he I don't know I don't think he would have his college eligibility, but it's just like forty year old LeBron retires right and yeah. then goes and like plays at. You know, like yeah. Cumberland College yeah, works, or something. Works like yeah. a theater degree at Colgate or something. <laughs> just like let's let's suit up. I got one year of eligibility. Kind of turns like that necessary because you don't have because I'm giving it all. Like I want to put everything in the favor of LeBron to see how this is. So there's no like defensive of three seconds. So he's just kind right. of he's moving around the paint. So his offensive boards are over for Gonzaga. And maybe Gonzaga, yeah. like maybe we're picking. I just want to do the extremes. I mean, maybe we'll get something closer to like I don't. I would say a two beating fifteen, but we've seen that's very possible in the world. That's probably. very possible, yeah, yeah, especially in this. So it becomes like a kind of less interesting. So it's just kind of like, what would his dominance look like? Like obviously on the offensive, and it is literally a man against boys. Like yeah. just be plowing through the lane and finishing near the glass, and probably shooting around like 35, 40 free throws. And then on the defensive side, like you just, you're not getting any offensive rebounds. Cause I imagine, you know, he probably either takes the best player in the equation, but then is also sagging, rolling to the basket and grabbing like every rebound. Yeah. That's the thing is I do think like they would play, like I could, I could envision LeBron, like playing LeBron in like a one, three, one and like the center of the three and him literally not having to expel any energy whatsoever. Yeah. And just directing where everything's going to go and just him like diagnosing the play before it happens. Yeah. And him just being like a coach on the floor barking. Now I'm actually getting sold the other way now that I'm thinking about this. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like defensively, they would wreck it. And then he would just like, all right, we're going and getting it. And it's like, you know, and every player on Norfolk would rise to the occasion now that they're playing. No one wants to let LeBron. Yeah, exactly. Down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So now they're all playing on their head for fucking six games straight. <laughs> gobbling up every you know possession yeah. and then yes and then it is just like it would look like the the saint saint vincent saint mary highlights when he's playing yes uh like high school kids and it was like i i do remember i saw this meme it was very funny online it was like they were showing these highlights and he's just like dunking on these like you know five foot nine like <laughs> white kids yeah. and it was like could you imagine like having a rough day in algebra two and then going out and having to defend <laughs> lebron it's just like this is what he would look like he'd just be like no look passing just fucking making people all just freaked out the fear that he would instill yeah i actually think he Uh, he might he might win it he might fucking (laughs) want to run away with it i gotta see on my social studies term paper and lebron james just dunked on me and some poster now right my girlfriend didn't ask me out for (laughs) the fucking sadie hawkins dance (laughs) 
and, and now LeBron's backing me down in the post. <laughs> and LeBron James ducked on me so hard, and his balls hit me in the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I got LeBron sweat all over uh, my face. That's good. All yeah. right, so I mean, what's the official? The official call is it would I, be yeah. worth watching. If he, yeah, it would absolutely be worth watching. I think it's a Final Four team, without a doubt. I mean, the, at a certain point, the the opposite talent gets you know too much to overcome because these these are like potentially NBA players themselves. Um, but he's you know he's done less with more right in dragging in the NBA. So, um, but like if you put him on like a, if you put him on like you know like an eleven seed or like a twelve seed, you know like like a mid-major program or like a, 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 a like a Wichita you know, state or something like a Wichita state. Yeah. Or like, you know, I guess Loyola was an eight seed, but like a Wichita state's great. Cause they were 11 seed. Or if you put them on like a Maryland, that was like a 10th or 11 seed. Like yeah. they just, they fucking run away with it. Uh, sweet buddy. Uh, thanks for the question. T boss. And if you guys great question thing for our inbox, shoot us an email at maybe sports podcast at Gmail. Dot com. You know what it is by now. All right, uh, MA, MA Parenting Tip, bring us to the jam. Oh, bro, you know I love doing this, and this feels a little ripped from the headline-ish, but I'd like you to talk about it. So, yeah. cocktails and mornings. Talking about, bro. Right. It sounds bad, actually, coming out. <laughs> yeah. mornings. Like, there's two different versions of this. There's the parenting one that you'll talk about, and then there's the <laughs> Beatleany single guy one, which is cocktails of morning, which is um, it's not cocktails and mornings, cocktails right. in the morning. In the morning, yes, it's hair of the dog. But we're doing cocktails and mornings for, with you. Uh, what are you thinking about? What's been running through your head? Well, we obviously, you know, we had a good time. Everyone got together. We, uh, you know, partied like it was uh, pre, uh, pre kids and all that good stuff. So it was fun. But that means the next morning is is rough. Yeah, can be a little rough, especially when you have a two year old who wakes up at six in the morning and needs constant attention. Yeah. So um, I think you know the best way if you've got you know a loving partner is you, uh, you, you you what we did on this trip is we aligned the. You get up in this morning, I'll let you take a little extra, which means the night before you get a little uh, extra. Yeah. And then I'll, you know, and then it'll be my nights to go. And the good thing is, is that, you know, obviously we weren't going anywhere. So, you know, we were all right there having, you know, a good fun time. The, the challenges is like when people are going out and going to the bar, that was always a big challenge. Cause like, well, now I got to stay in with the kids and you go out, which never is fun. Okay. Um, so I can, but that, so there's but, two different versions of it, right? So there's the yeah. when you guys so when it's just like a like a vacation thing that happened and it's just like like probably with friends, like you guys will have the conversation. It's like I'll get up early, like Friday, you get up early Saturday, which means like if if uh MA, if you're like I'll get up early on Friday, that means Thursday, you're gonna take it a little easier and Dr. Yep. Kamish is gonna get her swerve on and then come right. Friday morning, you're gonna let her crash a little later and you're gonna take care of Kamish Jr. Right, exactly. Yeah. But even like the extra, and then you got to switch off that night, which makes total sense. Even that extra time, though, I mean, we're not talking about, you know, it's not like when it's your morning to sleep in, you're not rolling out of bed at like 11 30 a.m. <laughs> like it's. Oh no, my God. <laughs> I could, I don't even think it even like supremely hung over, I could stay in bed for that long. Yeah. And this is the other thing, too. This is where, and this is not to say, you know, hangovers still hurt, 
but you know, as a parent, you're just like, you just got to kind of grit it a little bit, like bite down on your fucking midday naps or just resting, you know, relaxing as a yawn. This is so inappropriate. <laughs> but, uh, so like had a yawn come over me. Um, maybe because I was thinking about how tired I was. Yeah, you talk about naps. Um, I mean, that seems right, though, because it seems like like it's almost like hangovers are on an option. And I imagine this comes in, too. Like, I imagine it's not. It's like you're very self-aware of why you're hungover, and you don't want to take that out on the kids. You're going to be like, this is, yeah. you know, like, I decided to, like, get my swerve on. Like, it's not their fault. It's not their problem. I might have a headache or like, you know, just feel like a little uneasy. Blood sugar might be a little effed up, but like, right. I, like I want to double down and try to not take it out. Like on these guys, which are just doing regular kids things, even if it's like screaming at the top of their lungs, it's still like, I got to like keep myself in check and respond as I would if I weren't slightly hungover. Right. Exactly. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and, you know, and these things can also happen too, like unexpectedly, you know, you, you rip through like a bottle of wine on a Wednesday night. You're not thinking about it. It's like, Oh shit. I'm a little hurting this morning. Uh, so yeah, you definitely have to focus through and not like be on your best behavior. It might be the best way to say it, but it's like, yeah. you, you just, you just have to work a little bit extra hard on it. And sometimes I think even your focus gets actually pulled away from the hangover is, is, as crazy as that sounds. You're like, all right, well, I got to just think about this and they need food and you kind of just get moving and you know maybe you get a cup of coffee in you you get some water in you you find some you know some advil you go on that pretty quickly you know you try and go go hard on the hangover as quickly as possible um you know and then just kind of move and just forces you to just you know kind of it just you break yourself out of it a little bit you know the headache doesn't go away yeah. that does not go away but you know sometimes the the you know the queasiness you're like all right fuck it let's just get let's just go go with it and go forward but um you know i think the biggest thing is is like looking to to switch right and then if you're if it's your morning understand like this is my responsibility like i can have a few few beers i just can't get i can't get loud with it i can't go go crazy yeah yeah because it's like you're not you know like if you take it too far when it is your morning like you're just you're kind of letting the partner down too which is kind of like the unspoken or yeah. like the literal spoken agreement um so let's say like night of like is it you know i mean i imagine before you really want to get like bottles of wine or anything is there is there the exchange that night of also like bath time and getting the kids down or is that something that like we might you know um bump up bedtime like a half an hour earlier before like we kind of let the hair down with these bottles of wine like what's the game plan there Oh, to get the night started? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, I think just, yeah, just night of like balancing like the kids' normal routine, but it's still like, if it's not like a party night, if it's just like, you know, like maybe it's a date night for you. Like, is it like the babysitter putting them down? Like, what's your options at night? Is it just like, oh, yeah. Is everything wrapped up? Like, make your like Manhattan Don Draper? Yeah. Like, what? what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's for sure. It's like on a regular night, you know, it's usually like a couple drinks with with like dinner while all the kids are having dinner, right? You know, that's like the that's the usual move. Then they get to bed, then we finish off that bottle of wine. That's usually the kind of follow up, right? Yeah. Um, and then uh that's that's the most like frequent regular one. And sometimes that leads into a second bottle of wine. Maybe it's maybe it's Thursday or Friday night. Yeah. It's a long day for one of the two of us or the both of us. And it's like, all right, crack that second bottle of wine. Let's get after it. And uh, you know, tomorrow that's just like, all right, oof, you know, we just gotta tag team this and get it going. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then I would say like the date night thing is is like 
you know, that's where, I mean, we're, we're blessed. Our, our nanny is, is great and does, you know, date nights for us as well too. And things like that. And, um, you know, she's super good at getting the kids down so we can call her in at like six 30, which would be like two hours before they're going to bed. You know, usually we'll make them dinner, just get them something, make sure it's there, get them all ready. They love her coming anyways. So it's not like, it's like, Oh, you're leaving. It's like, Oh, she's coming. This is awesome. So, and then sometimes usually you got to make sure a lot of times that they have like an event to look forward to. So like a movie that they want to watch, maybe some popcorn, you know, that, you know, like movie theater popcorn that they can get or something fun and exciting that they can do. Um, And that's that's setting the mania for success. Right. So yeah, for sure. So they're not, staring at it, just like oh what do we do now we play this day. like make it an event for them also so like the time is quick on their end right and she's comfortable getting the you know the girls down to bed and commish junior so it's a, it's an easy lift and like you know every time that we've had date nights we come back and you know the house is still there there's no real issues and you know she's sitting there watching you know wi-fi and you know or watching wi-fi watching netflix and you know on her phone scrolling at whatever probably instagram or whatever you know watching I mean? the wi-fi connect just, just like whoa she's just speed testing one after another it's like she's like look at this girl loves why she's just impressed by technology what do you mean to say she really I, I, she's like this 5g is legit <laughs> uh all right awesome brother um well thanks for the insight yeah, yeah absolutely man so parents go out there get your drink on get your swerve on just you just gotta tag tag team it get your swerve just have someone that you wake up next to in the morning that you trust you're like it's like yeah you know. It's like tag team back again. It's like drink. There it is. Oh, right? That's the there. Uh, all right. You hear about this? You hear about this? Oh, you hear about this? I did not. Let's Yahoo go. Who? Rapid fire headlines. Let's go. All right. Zack Snyder, Cut of Justice League is now streaming on HBO Max, coming in at just over four hours. If I four hours over four hours. If I force <laughs> you to watch the Snyder Cut, if I was like, "Ma, I need you to check this out." Like, fuck Magnolia, fuck the Social Network, the Snyder Cut of Justice. League is my favorite movie of all time. I need you to peeps it. How long would it take you and how many cities? Over how long, like weeks before yeah, like, weeks before you call me, you're like, all right, Brandon, I finally I wrapped up that Snyder cut you want me to watch. And then how many sittings within that time span? Like, are you doing like hour chunks? Are you just gonna try to like knock it out like one like Saturday night if the kids are in bed? Oh yeah. No, that'd be impossible. It would be impossible for me to start a movie at like, even in the best scenario, nine 30 or nine, nine or nine, 30, nine, nine. That'd be the best scenario, like hitting play at nine. There's yeah. no way in God's green earth. I'm making it through a four hour movie. <laughs> yeah. So it's at minimum to <laughs> this, this segment is slowly drifted into, oh. <laughs> Hey, Emma, you old? How old are you? That's what it is. It's yeah. Um, it's at least two segment, at least two segments. It could be consecutive days. Depends on how well the first segment is. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what I mean, I I would treat I would treat a four hour movie as if I was watching like a four hour miniseries, like The Queen's Gambit, which like is a little four, more than that, but you know what I mean? Yeah, like four one hour episodes. Four one hour episodes, yeah. And and I might be bad and stream a second one, even though it's like ten thirty five. I'm like, oh, I might be in bed at midnight, oh. but we'll keep it going. But yeah, I at least two, I'd say probably three, probably. And, and if it's good in consecutive days, if it's homework, I'll uh, just... Spoiler, I'll, spoiler alert, it will not be good. This It will not this be good. It's not a good hang. Yes. Okay. Yeah, this yeah. is definitely the definition of homework. All right. So, so you say you, you can wrap it up. And so I ask you today to watch the Snyder. I'm not going to do this. 
maybe yeah, figure okay. out a way to do like mad degrees of separation this almost seems like too much of a punishment but if i asked you today like when you had this movie knocked out oh i think by the next time we pod okay i for sure we could i could squeeze this out by the next all time right, you give yourself a week back into it okay we don't have to watch yeah but you're like but you're like i'm filing it away duly noted okay <laughs> i am yeah you're about this you hear about this uh pete davison has some fake claiming to fake lady claiming to be his wife and he got a restraining order on her you about this Ooh. Yeah, like a press release came out and like it said it was re- released by like his wife that he was like married and like part of this production company and then he was like i'm not married and it actually like elevated to a restraining order so he got a restraining order against her interesting well, that's that's wild. Pete Davidson, a unlikely coxman. This dude gets it on, right? Yeah. This guy, this guy puts in work. Yeah, his uh, his his batting average, I can't speak to, but his plate appearances, uh, he's walking up there to the plate with pretty pretty impressive. Not a bad uh, reservoir. Yeah, yeah, real good for a guy who I don't really know what his role is on Saturday Night Live. Just to be uh, Pete Davidson and I think so, yeah, yeah. he's not like a grip or anything. Like, no, no, no. Yeah, I know he's on like, he's on camera talent. I'm just confused how he got on camera. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's not really like any of the main, but like as, apparently like, really good friends with Lauren Michaels. I think he spent like New Year's with him or like Lord, like flew on his private jet like on like Christmas holiday or something. I don't know if you're about that. This is this is one of those things where there are just certain people that have this like connectivity and and are always like around and in things and you're always kind of like but but what i don't understand i don't get it you know yeah. what i mean and like and some people do and i don't, i did but i you know i've seen he did this one movie that we did watch that i'd like that he was like mentoring like a young kid oh, i can't remember the name of it it was actually pretty good Ooh, yes I, you know what i'm talking about yes i do know and the name escapes me but yeah, and it's not the King of Staten Island. I heard the King of Staten Island is pretty good. Have you seen that? Yeah, did you yeah. see this? Do you see this? Yeah, you see this movie? You see this? Yes. Watch. Did you like that movie? Uh, yeah, I did like it. Yeah, P- I mean, Pete Davis is like interesting, but uh, and like yeah. Judd Apatow loves him. Like, I don't like. He's definitely yeah. got that vibe. It's just yeah, it's kind of hard. Yeah. It's not like classic leading man. It's not like he's not like hilarious. He doesn't have like a Will Ferrell thing going on. There's no real like shtick there. But it's not. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it's not. It's not like deadpan. It, it, it confuses me good on him um you know i'm glad to see that uh i'm glad to see that you know he, he got the restraining order against a crazy lady and hopefully it's not like a you know a, a david letterman situation where he gets like you know uh, the person showing up at his house or whatever if, if some stranger claimed to be your fake wife um does this make you feel like fear for your safety or i present this does it make you feel kind of baller that's oh, it's like- for sure baller. Not even scared for a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, like I'm like, like some lady is like dedicating her life to convincing people she's like my wife. Wow. Yeah, she staged a fake production company yeah. to pretend that she's married oh, to me. That's a lot of work. look at what I can do through the TV, my friend. What do you do? All right. Uh, you hear about this? You hear about this? Uh, Mila Kunis dyes your hair blonde for an upcoming movie, Four Good Days. Uh, my question to you, brother. Yeah. You ever dyed your hair? And if so, what color? Ooh, great question. Mila um, Kunis, beautiful, whatever hair color she wears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, me, however, Correct. not so much. Hmm. Uh, I did. Do you, did I ever tell you? I don't even know if I have pictures of this. Sophomore year in college, I bicked my head 
clean to the skull. Whoa, like no. totally shaved and my head. Bald cap? Bald. Yes. Bald cap. For no reason in college. Just got a little loose with it. Wow. Just got a little out there, too far over my skis, oh. feeling myself. <laughs> too far over skis. And and bicked my head. Uh, and no reason, like you weren't like trying to shave time off of like a 400 meter like breaststroke freestyle swimmer. No, 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 terrible swimmer. No. Not even that. <laughs> and then, uh, and then after that, once it started to grow back in, and then I, I had these two girls that lived above me that I probably could have, they could, you know, they could have just convinced me to shave my head and dye it blonde because I did dye it blonde. I had the, the, the full on M&M look for a little bit. And then, it, then I just let it grow out with like the tips it was a wild time it was the 90s can we get late 90s any of these setups you have can we get these rocking on the instagram i'll see if i can find it i've only found one picture from that era and it's with like a crazy haircut i'm just hammered i'm just wasted in this picture i mean i've heard people like want to go rogue or just like switch it up or just kind of like change the style like you go through a breakup and you're just like i need a new look but usually it's like change facial hair like go goatee or something like i've never heard of the let's just pick this and get like our travolta cue ball going. <laughs> right yeah i it was definitely i was definitely going through some stuff because that year was uh was an interesting year all the way around yeah but um but yeah i don't know what came over me i think it was just in like the caught up in the like everyone uh, you know everyone's just like fuck it fuck it who cares whatever and i was like all right fine, let's see let's see how far this goes you look tough I think I did look tough. The worst thing is, is I, I had this one friend. I was actually, I got really sick. I think I got like food poisoning from Hungry Howie's Pizza. And then I had this friend, this girl who was not my girlfriend, uh, came over and brought me. I think she had a crush on me Mm -hmm. and I just bicked my head and I was sick. And she came over to introduce her mom to me, which usually I'm great in the room with moms, but her mom was like, who is this person? Cause I was like, deathly ill yeah. and bald and she's like you know maybe she maybe she thought it was like a you know i don't want to be but she was like the mom was like the couldn't wait to get out of there faster she was like let's get out of here let's go she kept trying to find ways to leave i was like oh man this is embarrassing uh did you ever talk to you talk to that girl some more yeah yeah i talked to her oh, okay cool. I mean, yeah because, i mean that's pretty i mean that would be all the information we needed about if the look was working or not if you're just like this chick had a crush on me i bicked yeah. it Never saw her again. Just that. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, I had, yeah, I had the, uh, I didn't have the full M&M, but I had the, I think they called it the piss stain. Eventually when it went out of style and I was in oh. Kansas, so that's probably around, but it was just kind of, uh, it was dyed blonde just on top, like kind of like the bowl cut, but just like right around the top shit. and then like that- dark hair on the side. On the side, but just not like a strip or just like just the entire like whatever's on the top of the head yeah whatever on top. so not like a strip but it was a, yeah like whatever's on top it was more like around uh-huh. so just think of like a bowl cut kind of where that's at but it wasn't a bowl cut but just kind of think how yeah. the bowl cut goes around so that's bleach blonde and then like my dark hair is on the side i'll get you that thing bro it was oh man called in the industry a mistake <laughs> oh man oh man yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm wearing like, maybe it's some like silk shirt or like no it's like a nylon shirt i got from like gazooks or something like yeah, more like for my school photos i mean i was severely misinformed on whatever look i thought i was pulling off oh, this is a school picture 
Uh, yeah, there's a school picture that exists. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's definitely the worst. You're gonna have. Holy yeah, shit. everyone's gonna Holy have a fun time. Shit. With um, all right, buddy. Um, yeah, the segment's rocking the world. Everyone's excited about this. I think we're gonna keep up this headline thing. I think so. You, I, you hear about this? You hear about this? You hear about this? About this? All right. Um, all right, Neapolitan showdown. Bring us to the jam. So let's leave it alone. Cause we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. There's only you and me, and we just disagree. Um, hot video games. Are we 100% sure that we've never done this before? We are not. Are we going to roll through it and <laughs> list out three video games? Oh, we did make a rule because we know that we've done top sports games. And so yes. I'm here and telling you all about you know, Blades of Steel and Super Tecmo Bowl and how much they rule all over again. Um, we're just going to do non-sporting games. Um, we talked about this, but refresh my memory. You're a Sega kid, right? Sega Genesis? I had both. I bought Nintendo first, and then I moved on to Sega Genesis. Did you have a Super Nintendo and a Sega, or just NES, Sega? I had NES and then Sega. 8-bit, was it 16-bit with the Sega? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, because I don't think it works like that. I think it was 16. Were you buying games for both, or as soon as you fired up that Sega, it was Sega to NES? Yeah, yeah, I definitely was going, I was all in on Sega after that. You know, we had uh, some fun sport games that I like to play. Coach K College Basketball right. was the shit for me. <laughs> uh, but you won't be hearing it on this list. No, you will not hear it on this list. No. Um, okay. Um, I'll go with my number three. Super Mario RPG. Have we talked about this? I think we have briefly, but, but this is where, is this? Yes, I don't know anything about video okay, games. So, yeah, this is like super. So this is basically the Super Mario version of Final Fantasy. So Final Fantasy, you just kind of have you know that little group, the little gang of characters. You start off with one, yeah. a couple more join your gang. Like one's a fucking wizard, the other's a fucking warrior. They all have their own powers, and then every time you, it's more of like a turn-based battle. RPG stands for role-playing game. So it's like yeah. as soon as your battles are, like you just you cast spells and stuff and do all that shit. Super Mario RPG, super replayable. Uh, as soon as I got it, I mean a typical. They knew like what they were doing with the Mario franchise, Sans Mario Two, like with Nintendo, like Super Mario World, like Super Mario Three, like just the the difficulty level, like how long the games were, how balanced they were, like always a good one. And this one is the top of the charts for this podcast. Ooh, I like it. Uh, I'm gonna go with number three. I did this. I might want to uh, put an asterisk on this. I did this while we were hammered at the house thinking we we're gonna pod yeah just drink beers and just running through the rolodex so yeah. we'll see what this list looks like sure um do you remember the game spy hunter for the nes oh spy hunter no spy hunter was like a james bond-esque game where you were in a car it was like a you know almost like a sports car and it was like the the screen was coming down at you and you had to like move all around and you had three little like weapons. You had an oil slick to like get stuff. Oh my God, I remember this game. You had a smoke screen and you had like a missile. And then like you had to drive, like when you won, you draw you drove up into like the the trailer van and then like replenish your stock. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm looking at this game. I remember that. Um yeah. remember I'm gonna give so probably about three years ago, I rebought a Super Nintendo just so I could play Super Mario RPG. And I bought that game. It cost me $120. Uh, so it's a hundred total. Yeah. 
holy shit. Yeah. Was that cheap? That's expensive. Not just for the It's game, expensive. For the console also. For the Super Nintendo. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, remote control. Spent 120 bucks on a fucking... Dude, those games... One of the games on this will go crazy. Uh, I'm going to guess that Spy Hunter right now... It, did you beat the game? No, I never beat a game. Yeah, I uh, never I beat any games. Not. So I'm going to say you got 80% through the game. So that's 120. Yeah. All right, the two spots. I'm going... You want to talk about expensive uh cartridges the legend of zelda is my number two is this on your list the uh i've i've it's in my console but this is the gold the gold edition gold cartridge yeah this is kind of fucking sweet yeah i like it had the scrolling screens uh go up and down the map was crazy it kind of blew your mind these many levels could be fit onto one little video game Um, right it gave like you could build i like it had a great system for being able to like build up hearts like it just introduced this way of like losing life and being able to last a little longer that was that was kind of new it was just like innovative and a lot of things it did and like just bringing it out it was like one of the like original adventure games that you could stay up all night playing it had plenty of gameplay it was a blast like all these different weapons all these things you could learn about like obsessed as you should be you just torching bushes just randomly just hoping what you can find you had to to get those bombs and just place them just see what happened like yeah, that, that yeah. could take you days. Like you could spend an all night just doing that, just putting bombs in every bush. Because it was kind of before, you know, it was before the internet, so you couldn't look up every cheat. You would be at school, and it would be like nine in the morning, talking to your friend in like third grade, and you'd be like, "Yeah, it's on this screen. You put a bomb there, it opens up. You go in there, and then you find like this shield. And then right. the torture is you had to sit in that classroom for another like seven hours, and then right. like right. forty five minute bus ride home before you could actually like put this into play and see if it were true." That was the craziest thing. Cause it's funny you brought that up because I was literally thinking that as like, how the hell did we pass this information? Like, who was getting it from their big brother who was like, you know, jacked up on joke cola, just <laughs> playing it all night long, like then and letting everyone know. It was such like like this little like, you know, network of like, you know, underground video game chatter. Yeah. Um, and you got the magazine. You told me about this, right? I remember you got like the, the NES the Nintendo Power. Yeah, great. Um I'm going to go with one that I always found fun, but I never had the patience for, but I think it's like a really fun, like strategy game. But, uh, you know, in a, it, but I'm, but talking about Sim City, building oh, a city. Oh, oh, I love that game. Yes. This game was great. That's fantastic. Oh man. Like this yeah. is, uh, this is such a great, uh, I might, I might award you the game. Okay. So what was great about Sim City was, I remember like SimCity, you want to talk about like how much information part like packed in a little cartridge that you couldn't believe. Like that was yeah. city, like building the city, like uh, just like the, watching the population grow was just so fascinating. The big thing is I remember in Elma, Kansas. So on the weekends, we used to go to Topeka, which is like 65 minutes away to get our groceries. So we would drive right. there, drive, drive an hour, like shop for two hours, drive back an hour. So it'd be four hours. I would set up like the city i would let the city just kind of run while we were gone just so you came back and you had like more money because years would pass and you'd have more money like in your like it, in your city to spend every time years pass as long as you had your budget balance but sometimes you'd come back and there were like an, there was an earthquake that happened like after you left for like half an yeah. hour and like a quarter of your city would be like burnt to the ground or like there'd be the godzilla attack which was insane right right yeah you'd be underwater you know what I mean? It's like, what the fuck just happened? What are my crops doing? You know what yes. I mean? Yes. Yeah, it was great. It was a fun time. Like I said, I didn't have so much patience because I just wanted to like 
get it to be the coolest stuff. So like getting out of those infancy stages was often very difficult for me, but I did, I, I love going over to my like buddy's house that had this like insane Sim city, like built and had like, you know, the railway and the amusement park and all this shit. And I was like, you, this is fucking insane. Like you're, you're a fucking wizard. Uh, you know, I wonder if I get like the app on my phone that has like the SimCity game. That should be a SimCity game. Fun. I remember the later yeah. ones though weren't as fun. Like I bought one for my computer, like after I played it on the Super Nintendo, and it was impossible. I could talk about SimCity forever. It was impossible to get it on, like the the Super Nintendo cartridge was so hard to find. Like I remember that I actually like they didn't not they did not have it in stores. Uh, it was this was still pre eBay. This is right. pre Amazon for sure. So like I remember like calling like Super Nintendo manufacturers asking them where we could get it, then they hooked me up with someone else, the manufacturer of the game, and I Holy called shit. the maker of the game directly. And I don't think my parents had credit cards or whatever, so I'd like mailed them a check, and so they would mail me the game of SimCity. I mean, this was like a like like ten week lift, and I finally got SimCity, and like my eyes just bulged out of my head. Oh, this is so, this is so funny. This is a great insight into you. Cause it's like, I just imagine, imagine, I cannot talk tonight. Imagine fucking little Brandana, like calling, like, you know, like, you know, Tokyo, Japan and be like, ah, oh, can I please speak to the yeah. SimCity manufacturer? You know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. like, can you hook me up with a Konomi or like, excuse me, is this Mr. Tecmo? Can yeah. I please? <laughs> Oh man, what a great poll! Uh, yeah, I, you you won this one. So I gave you one million points because like one million. I will still get our number ones, but one million is way to reach. I believe that population to get uh, to be a metropolitan to be upgraded to a metro area. I believe Ooh. or a capital. Maybe it was a capital. Uh, and then I gave you plus two hundred for the number of calories in Jolt Cola for Jolt. <laughs> so that's that. Um, all right, and then uh, I'll give myself. Uh, 120 points for i believe that's the last price point that i saw legend of zelda for that gold cartridge ain't cheap collect ain't cheap collect worth splurge spend a little on yourself did we talked about that did you blow the cartridges did you do the rubbing alcohol in the like actually on the cartridge i know no no no. didn't do the rubbing alcohol. yeah your roommate did that no lunatics Oh yeah, yeah, that's insane. Yeah, I was just like, I think the damage in that game. You blow, you blow the cartridge, you put it in, you then pull it out, you slide it in, so it like basically like rubs against like, the yep, edge. Yep, 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 yep. You know what I mean? Course, yep. Or you pushed it a little bit to either side. Yeah, yeah, you know the scores. Um, all right, my number one game. Oh, I hate going to number one, losing, but uh, mine is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade version. Just like, yeah. like, like as soon as I got that game, I think it's for my birthday. Like I just it. Saved me so many quarters. I told we I we told this story like rerun. Yeah. I'll give it again. It's just like I saved up like when I was losing my baby teeth. I would save up all the quarters and I saved up like five dollars worth of quarters, which might as well have been at that time like might as well have been like I was walking like three thousand dollars. And then I would just yeah. like I played like those five dollars straight trying to beat Ninja Turtles that was at the Quick Shop in Topeka down the street. Still didn't get a beat. Didn't get a beat till years later. And now for nostalgic purposes. In New York, there's this place called Barcade, which I got to take you the next time we're here. You're here, yeah. but uh, just I just get because you got old man money now. I can pay my bills, and I just get like just forty, fifty, sixty dollars worth of quarters. I don't give a shit how many it takes. Put them right up there, and then just play all through the entire Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game until I beat. Amazing! This is great. This is a this is a trend, right? These old like arcade bars now, right? This yeah. is a thing. Yeah, yeah. LA's got a couple of them too. 
yeah beautiful i love it um i'm gonna go with this because i think i did this i'm not even really sure um i think i did this because i thought you were gonna go um with the with mario and so i went mm. with the sega version i went with sonic, the, sonic Hedgehog. All right. the flagship sonic yeah that's what did you and did you enjoy sonic like when you first got the console so you got the sports game i know you played like a yeah. lot of sports game but yeah. I mean, did you like did you enjoy just the graphics and everything did you get down yeah it was cool yeah it was fun like the characters did cool things like the rings was fun like yeah it was an enjoyable game it was an easy game like that's yeah. the other thing too i felt like it was an easy game yeah you like him teed up you like him teed up because you're only going to play this game for about 45 minutes before you pull it out and throw in coach k basketball it was <laughs> right, just exactly, like yeah. you better get in where you fit in sonic or like you'll be behind um also you're 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 a, a video game appetizer right now <laughs> this is what you are understand what it is uh victory definitely you sim city great line oh man great pull um all right brandon the gambling corner brings to the jam fit this in real fast oh, i meant to send this to you that's all right we'll talk through them real fast i need to update this though because it has some teams since i got on that plane this morning that are no longer in the tournament so we'll set that did houston end up losing they were losing right when we started this oh we're gonna um, google something oh we're gonna shut up ooh. sports podcast oh they're gonna look, look, look we want we want to make sure that you guys stay up to date in real time oh, they want doesn't... houston pulled it off they did. They were coming back. Yeah. They looked 63. 63. They looked rough. Okay, so we can still talk about that, but uh, obviously we have some two seeds. Three. Uh, yeah, this turn, this tournament, they said every every seed except the sixteen won a game. Little fun fact. It's crazy. There you go. That's wild. Uh, West Virginia lost today. Uh, Illinois lost, <gasps> so we'll keep them off. What's up? Oral Oral Roberts beat fucking Florida. Yeah, this is. We knew. We said it was going to be a wild tourney. We said it is, yeah. Uh, it's kind of crazy. All right, well, let's get into it. Obviously, Oral Roberts not going to be on this odds list. Um, fly through it real fast. We got Gonzaga at plus 185, Baylor plus 500, your Michigan Wolverines plus 800, Houston plus 1100, Iowa plus 15. Oh, it's Iowa's out. Is Iowa out? No, no, Iowa's not out. No, no, they're not out. Grand Canyon. Iowa plus 1,500, Oklahoma State plus 2,200, Alabama plus 2,200, Villanova plus 2,500, Arkansas plus 2,500, Florida State plus 3,000, uh, Texas Tech, they lost, Wisconsin lost, Loyola Chicago plus 3,000, Kansas plus 3,500. Is it even worth, I, it feels like it's worth taking a long shot this year, especially on some of these that are paying off, you know, uh 30 to 1 yeah so that seems kind of tempting but i mean I oh for sure he's going to change a little bit right now or do, i mean do you just load up on gonzaga after watching them i just blow the pants off a 16 seed with 45 points they, they, i mean they, they honestly they were the most impressive team that's going a little chalk after your predictions last week where you went super chalk what yeah. did you learn kind of coming out of almost the first weekend of this tournament yeah, I mean, watch more regular season college basketball. <laughs> I mean, I you know, fuck, I, it's just it's tough, man. It, this is I thought like uh, 
you know, programs have been together for a while. They're yeah. just going to run it. But, you know, it's been the maddest March Madness in, in a long time. 100%. Lots of lots of upsets. I lo- I'm loving Loyola. Chicago is, is back in it with Sister Jean uh, beating down Illinois. But I thought Illinois is a great team. This is a, this is it's like this is a really hard year to evaluate, like, yeah. who's good and who's not. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard. Like, even when you get back that like, remember the crowd thing, like, uh, it's just been it, you know, a start and stop season for like some of these teams. Uh, yeah. Like it's, it's kind of hard to know exactly who's starting or who they're, who, who they're used to playing with. I mean, I think Kansas is a good example of this. Like it's not that Kansas doesn't have that pedigree, but it's, and even not even based on what talent the two guys are that couldn't play or like weren't in the games, you're still used to having that in your rotation. So it still kind of throws you off, you know, like no matter what the talent of these guys are. Yeah, and th- and that's the thing is is you know even if you look at like Baylor and Michigan at like plus five hundred and plus eight hundred like that isn't terrible for a number one too. So yeah, yeah you know what I mean. Like the, you know Gonzaga does look like the best team. So even at plus one eighty five, I think that that's like a great return on your investment. But I might look at like like you said like the the Bama at twenty two hundred. Mm-hmm. You know FSU at like you know three thousand ish somewhere we said in your KU. 3,500. It's like, hey, fuck, anything can happen in this tournament. Um, so you might want to take a flyer on those two and, and maybe load up on a couple of the top three seeds and then kind of spread your money around a little bit. But I think there's, I think there's a pathway, like you said, to just betting on those games, betting on those teams individually. Yeah. So you can always do that, especially I was looking at the lines today. And after, uh, once we entered the round of 32, uh, there was only one line and that was the Gonzaga game that was in double digits. Like the rest of these games were, you know, projected to be with seven, eight points. What that means is, you know, if you want to bet on like a Michigan and I believe the Michigan line seven, I mean, you can money line that shit for like, it should be around probably uh, minus 210, like 210 to win, a, to win 100. It's just like, that's, I mean, if you like the Wolverines, I mean, that's definitely something to think about. Right. You're doing a game by game basis. I like your point though. Like uh, I'm kind of sold on this idea right now. Uh, I mean, I kind of like to avoid the side that has Gonzaga, which would be Michigan side. Right. I think just for the sake of getting both of them in there, like maybe I do like a, like a Baylor and Houston like at yeah. 500 plus 1100 i do 200 on each of those guys and so you know no matter what like the worst case scenario baylor not worst case scenario obviously losing the best worst case scenario which is probably what would happen but baylor, right. you know, let's say like baylor gets there and then like you know you you're only out like you're still winning but you're winning four to one and then if houston wins even more than that and then obviously always those odds are going to get better as they get closer to the tournament so you have both those guys coming from the right side of the bracket so if you can get Baylor or Houston into that final game, you can hedge your bet and then kind of watch the championship and know you're going to win something. Yeah, no, I think that's smart too. Like that's that's a underrated note of just like looking at you know the the break the bracket breakdown a little bit of like where you're going to spread that money around. Like I think that's important. We do it all the time, like for our matrix drafts and you know the way we line up our or yeah. even our own brackets. But you know something you should utilize in, in your in your gambling as well too. But give me that Michigan at plus eight hundred all day, er day. Oh yeah, you feel because I gotta do it. Yeah, yeah. Go blue. I feel good. Go blue. Go blue. Go blue. Go blue. All right, MVP of the weeks. Let's get into it. This has been MVP Sports Podcast episode one sixty. That's right. We're still cooking. Um, MVP. I'm going to give it to Oral Roberts going to the Sweet Sixteen. Live update here. 
Oh, that's who I had too. Oh, really? I nice. I was, yeah. I even had it. Ohio, fill out the rest. I know, my uh, my note was probably lost by the time this podcast comes out. <laughs> 15 seed going to the Sweet 16. That's wild. That's a, unbelievable. Yeah, it's great. They were fun to watch in that Ohio game. Uh, all right, buddy. Uh, Dynamite Podcast. Thanks for getting this together. I know some long weeks and you're getting settled back in. But uh, yeah, I'm Brandon. I want you to sign yourself off. Most awesome. Oh, folks. Tune in next week when we unveil our own 8-bit video game, The Pageant of Mabza. Glamour, runway, style, fame, she likes fashion.